0: On the Virtual Bible Study
1: tonight, we want to talk about
0: understanding the Bible. You know, a lot of people have come, I guess, to the conclusion and the finished conclusion that it's impossible for people to understand the Bible alike. Hang on, I got I got a feedback here. There we go. That, that we've got, that it's impossible to understand the Bible alike. We're just going to have to accept the fact that people are going to see it differently and we're just going to have to go with that.
1: All right. So we'll look at it tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Well, and the Bible alike, or are we just sort of going to have to accept anything goes? Let us know what you think about that, and we'll get started right after this.
2: 831-381- Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the
0: Virtual Bible Study.
1: Welcome to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, August 10th, 2017. Thank you for joining us tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Good to be with you as well. Kyle is behind the board tonight. Kyle, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. Look forward to hearing from you tonight, uh, Kyle, on that end of the thing. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from from you on the other end of the line tonight at 877-381-4567, questions at com and in the chat room with other listeners on the program. Uh, well,
0: before we get started... You know, we don't have many immediately upcoming special events here at College View to, yeah. to, to, to sort of hype by advertising way, but so let's spend a, a minute talking about bumper stickers. We could mm-hmm. get people to help us... Uh, um, Spread the news about the virtual Bible study. You send yeah. us a, an email and provide your snail mail, and we'll send you a bumper sticker. We need to get these old ones out of here so we can get some new ones on. Yeah, there. and then um, we also have uh, our update list. Every uh, Thursday, we send an update out about our virtual Bible study topic for discussion tonight. But also, if you get on that update list uh, on Tuesdays, typically you'll receive a copy of our an emailed copy of our church bulletin and so we've got some offers there that we can send to you um if you'll just let us know right. uh, send us an email to questions at
1: college you dot com we want to hear from you and if you don't if you don't ever comment with questions or comments to our update list just let us know you're out there listening we'd like to hear
0: from Yeah, you. we'd like to hear that you're out there listening where you're listening that's from uh, even in our immediate community i hear people will tell me you know i, I watch on thursday nights and stuff and that's great uh and and we, But we'd also, if you're anywhere close to Middle Tennessee, we wish you'd come and visit us. That's in right. Coffee.
1: That's right. So, yeah, you're welcome at any time. And find out more about our meeting place and times of meeting at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. On to the topic at hand tonight and a question that many people are struggling with, surprisingly, in our society today. And that is the question, can we see the Bible alike? Can we understand God's will is basically what it gets down to and a lot of different opinions on that in our society
0: today. Yeah. Earlier today to our update list, we sent out these questions. Number one, does the Bible teach directly or by implication that men can understand God's will? Okay. Number two, is there any indication in the scriptures that men have at any time understood God's will? Okay. Number three, is it possible for two individuals to truly understand the Bible and yet have different answers to basic doctrinal questions? Okay. And number three, uh, deep religious, excuse me, this is number four, deep religious differences obviously exist in the world today. Comment on these contributing factors, prejudice, refusal to submit to God, jealousy, lack of study, and then whatever other reasons you think might be contributing factors to uh, the division that exists in the religious world.
1: All right, Stephen's in the chat room says he's listening. Thank you, Stephen, for being out there. And we want to hear from other listeners as well on the program tonight with your questions or comments. Uh, Kyle, I think it's a very common thought in our society today uh, that, well, you see it your way, I'll see it mine. We'll agree to disagree. And uh, not only will I be okay with that, many think that God's going to be okay with that. Uh, you just uh, you believe whatever you want to believe. Of
0: course. And, and, you know, that's. uh, I know, Kyle, you've had that experience. We all have had that experience. But it's really uh, actually a relatively new reaction. It wasn't that long ago that people in in whatever denomination that you might care to mention, if you were talking to a Baptist or a Methodist, if you were talking to – they would feel a compulsion to – Try to defend their beliefs uh, and they would engage you and say well no you 're wrong, and here 's why i 'm right and 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 there would be a, there would be a give and take and back in the back in the day, religious debates were common, yeah. large crowds of people would attend them there was just there was there was interest in discussing differences with the view to convince others that their position is wrong and what you 're teaching is right i mean that was basically i mean it wasn 't the idea of, of well, maybe it was in some instances the idea of winning a fight, but it was more the idea of searching for the right answer to Bible questions. But back in the mid 1900s, uh, there began to be a movement known as the ecumenical yeah. movement, and that movement suggested, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be arguing about religious things. We shouldn't we shouldn't be emphasizing our differences. We should be emphasizing uh, what we have in common, and. And that thing really caught hold. I'm not ex- exactly sure all of the dynamics that caused that to be so successful, but that ecumenical movement really took root. And now almost everybody is of that mindset. I'm okay. You're okay. Differences are going to exist, but they don't matter. Yep. And uh, because bottom line is it's really just... Not possible
1: to understand the Bible alike. Yeah, yeah. It's a very common thought in our society. And you, know, you and I try and get folks to come and join us on the program and send uh, personal messages to folks that we try and, that, we may, that may be in the news or that we may know of or just others that are around. And we ask them, would you come on and discuss your differences? Some ignore the emails,
0: others just flatly refuse. Over the years, and we've been doing the Virtual Bible Study for 12 years, over the years, my guess would be that. Ninety five percent of the people that we've tried to invite have said no yeah. or ignored the invitation or, right. or responded. No, which is baffling to us because we would feel obligated if someone asked to tell you if there was a, if there was a, a Baptist church in our area uh, that had a, a, an Internet program or a forum or a or forum or anything. And said, we want you to come and talk with us about what you believe that's different from what we believe. Man, I'd be there with bells on. Yeah. Uh, how, how can you pass up that opportunity? Well, because people think it just doesn't matter. And I remember
1: uh, reaching out to a Baptist preacher a few years ago and asked him to come. I think we're going to talk about salvation. You know, what does it take to be saved? He, said, he refused. We were talking on the phone. He says, you know, I just view that as sort of uh, coffee shop theology. In other words, yeah, we sit around, and sip coffee, talk about it, but it doesn't really matter. I'm not going to come talk to you about what do we need to do to be saved. You think you believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's everywhere in our society today
0: and in the religious world as well yeah that's it is it, that is the reality of the situation so let 's attack the question then that 's i think at the at the base of this whole thing, and that is the notion that you really it 's impossible that we could all come to a common understanding of the bible it 's just not possible we 're just going to have to accept that reality all right we of course think otherwise we think that it is possible to understand the Bible. And uh, let's go to that first question. Does the Bible teach directly or by implication that men can understand the Bible? And I think
1: we can get the answer from our listeners tonight. Jim in Kentucky says, yes, the Bible does teach that we can understand. And he references Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4, which probably was at the top of your list as well, where Paul wrote, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge
0: in the mystery of Christ. Yeah. So uh, Paul said you can read it. And you can understand it. I mean, again, that that reference is Ephesians 3, verses 2 through 4. So God says that we can understand. And what's interesting is that he also actually commands us to understand. In Ephesians 5, verse 17, it says, Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so it's it's, it's not even stated as an option. It's a command. That we are to understand the will of God. And Kent in Kentucky adds some more. He adds John eight verse thirty
1: two, which reads, "You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free." He says here, Jesus says that we can know the truth, and so Kent says, "Well, if Jesus says you can know it, then obviously we can understand it." And uh, Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen as well, he references Second Timothy chapter two verse fifteen, which reads. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need
0: to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, other versions will say something like handling accurately. Yes. The word of truth, you can handle it accurately. Yeah, and you reference this 2 Timothy 3, verses
1: 15 through 17. And from that, from a childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, so the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped to every good work. So it's thoroughly equipped. That means that uh, we can understand it. And um, it, and if it's good for doctrine, then it has to be good uh, for understanding. If How could you? How could it be good for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, if it's just some kind of nebulous idea that nobody can really get their hands around? Exactly right. All right, let's go to the phones tonight and... Uh, We'll uh, welcome a caller, caller. Welcome to the virtual Bible study tonight. Hi. Hi. What, what's your name, caller?
3: My name's David.
1: Hey, David. Thanks for calling. Well, I uh, appreciate
3: it. Um, Where are you calling from know, tonight, David? Missouri. Missouri. Thanks. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, yeah. Go ahead with your. I guess I just wanted to start out the conversation. Like, I uh, have you ever heard the old uh, adage? Uh, don't talk about religion or politics?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure,
3: yeah. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is I think people can agree on some things, but a lot of your major denominations, you have Luther, they follow Luther, Lutheranism. Uh, you have Calvinists, they follow John Calvin. You have different churches I get their
0: authority from their leaders. So Well David, don't you think what you're suggesting basically is that if if we start appealing to human creeds for our religious practice, then actually it's not a problem of understanding the Bible, it's actually that we're using different rule books. Would you agree to that necessary
3: yeah, yeah, I would. Are you, are you going to a, a person who started that particular religion? Yeah. Uh, like Calvin or Luther. I think um, you're
0: right. I think, And, and I, I do believe, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit later in the program, about some of the contributing factors to all this religious division. And, and what you've just mentioned is a key one, and that is that people follow men and the doctrines of men rather than what God has taught.
3: Well, when you read John 17 and 1 Corinthians 1, we have the exact opposite today.
0: Yeah, John John 17, oh. Jesus praying about verse 21 for the unity of his followers. And in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, Paul's saying there should be no divisions among us. We should all uh, speak the same thing and be at the same judgment. Uh, and you're exactly right. What we're seeing in the religious world is is very much different than that.
1: Yeah, and the funny thing about it is, David, that uh, folks in the religious world today are telling us that everything's just fine, that God's just he's just fine and dandy with the fact that everybody nobody can agree uh, and everybody's well, divided. Do you, you realize who,
3: leading, who is leading uh, at the top of this ecumenical movement is uh, Pope Francis, and that he is—he not only wants uh, everybody under the roof of the Roman Catholic Church, he even, he even says Muslims are his brothers.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah, this this so, guy
0: has gone this this guy's gotten pretty extreme and I think even a, a lot of people in the Catholic Church are pretty alarmed at some of the things that he's been saying, but yes, yeah. uh, it's, it's 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 way out of control.
3: Yeah, you're right. It is.
0: It's, it's a shame. I I wish things wouldn't have to be like that though. Yeah. Well, uh I think you you've hit on an important sub uh, important element of this whole discussion and that is that people are not just going strictly to the bible thanks thanks for that input tonight david All right. All right, thank
1: you. Thank you very much, David. Appreciate your call. Appreciate hearing from him. And uh, the line is open now. It's toll-free, 877-381-4567. We need to get a break. And when we get back, uh, well, there'll be time for you to call during the break and get in in line. Uh, We want to continue to talk about this idea that uh, the Bible says we can understand it. People in the religious world today are saying, well, it's sort of hard to do that. You're not going to be able to do that. We're just going to have to agree to disagree. Or maybe it doesn't even matter if we disagree. What do you think? Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this.
2: Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this.
5: Hi, this is Jordan Tunes from College View Church of Christ, and here's some thoughts for you today. Have you ever wondered why there never seems to be enough time to get everything done? Well, we may not have the answer. According to an article in U.S. News, an average American in his lifetime will spend six months at a stop sign, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced items, two years unsuccessfully trying to return telephone calls, Online line and six years eating other recent studies suggest that we will spend as much as 20 years watching tv and even more time sleeping now to put this in proper perspective think of this if you attend every service of church sunday bible study sunday morning and evening worship and wednesday night bible study you will spend only about 1.5 years total that's only slightly more time than you will spend looking for misplaced items and only about twice as much time as you will spend opening junk mail. But some Christians will not even do this much. Over and over again, we return to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. Do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. God commands us to assemble. Why? The context of this verse clearly shows that it is for our benefit. Are you taking advantage of this great blessing? Christian, how are you using your time? If you don't regularly attend all of the services, you may be spending more time opening junk mail than worshiping God. Isn't that a terrifying
0: thought? Here's some quotes worth pondering. Friendship consists of forgetting what one gives and remembering what one receives. When he entered baseball's Hall of Fame, ex slugger Harmon Killebrew recalled, My father used to play ball with my brother and me in the yard. Mother would come out and say, You're tearing up the grass. We're not raising grass, Dad would reply. We're raising boys. A man can't go anywhere while he's straddling the fence. Man, wish I'd said that.
2: A stri- why didn't i think of that now back to the guys
1: We're back on the program tonight as we talk about understanding the bible and ask can we understand the bible alike in the chat room tonight uh, Stephen says that requires study and certainly it does and he also says catechisms and denominational handbooks are responsible and if you have two different standards you're going to get different results unless you have the same standard unless you're playing by the same rules using the same instructions you're going to get different uh, results you're going to have division we have to be
0: used everybody and everybody knows that in, in Recipes, e- every, every day kind of formulas, matters but, yeah. but in the most important matter, our service to God they somehow this principle. Is thrown out the window, which is just ridiculous.
1: And see, Stephen also says Pope Francis also accepts aliens as brothers and will baptize them. I do talking about I, I uh, can't figure uh, out ter- Is that like outer space, I, outer space I, aliens? I don't, I don't know.
0: Give me a little, give us a little update on that, Stephen. I yeah. would if that's space aliens. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, it's yeah. way out there. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. So we're just covering some real basic ground here. First of all. The scriptures say that we can understand. Paul said, "When you read what I've written, you will understand." We're actually commanded to understand. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is. And God actually made salvation contingent upon understanding. We talked Jim uh, Jim's email from Kentucky referenced John eight twenty four. You shall know the truth. The truth will make you free. You got to know it to make you free.
1: No, oh, if you don't understand it, then it's yeah. not going to. make How are you How you going to
0: know it? How's it going to make you free? Oh, there you go. But also, I think it's important to notice that we have actually some historical, biblical documentation of the fact that people did understand. Uh, I want to look at an Old Testament example first in the book of Nehemiah. Uh, many of many of our listeners, have studied Nehemiah. It's a great book, and as the people of, uh, the, of, of Judah were coming back from captivity, and They've been back for a while, actually, when Nehemiah came and helped them rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. He was a great leader. But one of the things emphasized in his era was understanding the will of God. In Nehemiah 8, beginning verse 8, it says, So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly, and caused them to understand the reading. And all the people went away to eat and to drink, to send portions, to make great mirth, because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Wow. And so that's a lot of emphasis on the fact that they were made to understand. They did understand. They rejoiced in the fact that they understood. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so that's an Old Testament example. Look at a New Testament one in Second Peter chapter two. Now this is sort of coming at it in a negative way, kind of coming at it through the back door, if you will, and sort of a negative example. But it proves something. In Second Peter chapter two, verse twenty, beginning. It says, If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. It has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Notice, it had been better for them not to have known the way. Of right- they, but what that means is they did know the way of righteousness. And yeah. He says, Th- then after they had known it, to turn from the holy. So they had known the way, the way of righteousness, way of righteousness, and after they knew it, they turned from it. Mm. Now, now, like I say, it's this this is a passage of clear condemnation of those who've been unfaithful to the Lord. But it, what it does tell us is that they knew. At one point, they were very aware of what God's will was for them, and, they, and then they decided to turn away from it.
1: Stephen in the chat room sort of ties into that idea. He references uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because I was the rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. But thou should know, be no priest to me, seeing thou have forgotten the law of, of thy God. I will also forget thy children. Uh, people in the Old Testament were condemned for not knowing uh, God's will, yes. and uh, and so certainly it is important, and it is possible.
0: I got an email from uh, our friend Randy's out in Colorado, Now I used to be in Missouri. He's out in Colorado now, and he references something that he read from John MacArthur. I think probably a lot of our listeners are familiar with the author John MacArthur. He says in one of his books, he said, "Well, there we can know these things that, uh, about God's will for us." Uh, that you be saved, 2 Peter 3, 9, that you be spirit-filled, Ephesians five seventeen and 18, that you be sanctified, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, that you be submissive, 1 Peter two thirteen through 18, that you suffer, 1 Peter 4, verse 9. And that's from a book by MacArthur, John MacArthur called Reckless Faith. Uh, I, I, I guess it would depend a lot upon definition here, how you want to de- define those. I think there's more than five specific things that we can know about God's will. But they probably would fit in those categories if you wanted to break it out that way. For instance, God's will for us is that we be saved. But he also tells us, that the New Testament answers the question, what must I do to be saved? That, that question is specifically asked and answered in the text. Uh, uh, and, and so I, I think <clears throat> if it, that, that may be a reasonable breakdown if you allow us to suggest that there are answers to those questions that go into a great, uh, great deal more detail.
1: Okay. Thank you, Randy, for your comments tonight. 877-381-4567 is the phone line and the chat room in the uh, below your video window at If You're on Facebook or YouTube. You can catch us there and comment. You know, somebody
0: uh, mentioned last week that they couldn't watch on Facebook and do the chat room as well. But, uh, well, you either going to have to have two windows open. i got three windows open right now. I'm watching uh, email inbox, the chat room, and Facebook. So open, uh, open it up, open up another window. I think the problem might be if they're doing it on their phone, and so we'll have, yeah. we may have to look into that. Yeah, I don't know what we can do for you on your phone, but if you're on a computer... Uh or you can go to our website and on our website, the virtual Bible study dot com. They're there. both together right there on All one right. page. Okay.
1: Uh, look forward to hearing from you however you may choose to comment tonight. And if you're listening to this in the recording think, oh I wish I was there, I could have commented. Hey, you can go ahead and send it in after the fact. We'd love
0: to hear from you uh at any time. Questions at collegeview dot com. I think we've got to summarize where we've been so far then. It's it's not it's it's not acceptable to say we can't understand the Bible because God actually God says we could and he commands us to do so. And we have examples of people who did do so, and so it's possible to understand the Bible. In fact, Jacob, I would argue that it's an indictment of God to suggest that he in his infinite wisdom was incapable of producing a written word that we could understand. There's, that's one
1: possibility. There's really, I think there's two. Either he couldn't do it, or he didn't want to do it. Well,
0: if if he couldn't do it, then he's not all-powerful. Right. If he could do it, but chose to just still give us this confusing document that nobody can understand, as is being suggested by people, not but us. Then but, he
1: wanted the landscape that we have today.
0: Then, then he's not an all-loving God no to 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 throw that out there and cause all this confusion and actually this religious confusion is going to cause people to be lost because i think i, I have had experience with people who just sort of threw their hands up and said i give up i can't figure it out i'm i'm yeah. going, I'm, I'm i'm not all trying anymore all this
1: confusion then it must not be it must not be from god yeah uh 8773814567 to your question have people in the past understood god's will Kent says yes. Timothy obviously did because uh, Paul said in Second Timothy three verse fifteen through seventeen that he had known from a child the holy scriptures. The accounts of conversions recorded in the book of Acts were accounts of where individuals understood the scriptures. Simon in Acts eight verses nineteen through twenty four understood the truth that he needed as a fallen Christian to repent and turn to God. Paul sought to persuade brethren in Galatia that false teachers preach another gospel. Such implies that one can know the difference between the true gospel versus false ones, Galatians 1, verses 6 to 9. I hadn't thought about that angle, but uh, Paul expected the people to know the difference
0: between true religion and false religion. And, and, and if anybody taught a different doctrine, yeah. doctrine, even an angel, he says there in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 6 to 9, if even an angel teaches a different doctrine. Well, how, how would I know if an angel was teaching a different doctrine? I don't even doctrine? understand what you're saying, Paul. It's too hard to understand. No, they knew what Paul had taught them. They understood the doctrine of Christ, and they would they, they knew it well enough that they'd be able to identify those who taught a different doctrine.
1: Yeah, uh, and uh, Jim says, yes, men have understood God's will. Uh, now when they heard this, he references Acts 2, 37, 38, and 41. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. So they understood that part of God's will in Acts chapter 2. Thank you, Jim, for that.
0: Yeah. All right. So um, I think we've we've got that pinned down. Now the the other part of this question, we'll introduce it here, and then we'll grab our mid hour break. Can we understand? Maybe there's a there's a little bit a hint of a different tone here. We can understand, but can we understand alike? Ooh. I understand it one way. I understand it my way that's truth for you but you understand it a different way that's truth for me uh now can we understand it alike Mm. that's that's what we got to dig into now
1: all right kyle's kyle's you got kyle's interest peaked over there and when we get back from the break we'll get to to that question can we understand the bible alike two people understand the bible you're asking for a whole lot there yeah can we do that we'll get to that on the other side of the break don't go anywhere the virtual bible study continues right after this
2: Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial.
0: This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. It's always frustrating to hear news reports about recent developments in the field of science. The wildest speculations of scientists are reported as though they were established facts. Ross Spears has suggested this helpful glossary for interpreting the terms and phrases often used in scientific reports. For instance, the phrase, it's commonly thought that. Probably means I believe this and one or two other people I occasionally talk to agree with me for the most part. Or the literature says, which probably means I think I read something somewhere by someone else, but I can't remember exactly and I haven't bothered to look it up. Or how about this one? It's widely known that. This probably means the fellow always been taught that and there's no need to question it. Or how about we believe? That probably means we think so, but we're not really sure. Or most certainly, that likely means probably. Probably. That may mean maybe, but I wouldn't bet my house on it. Maybe. There's not even a chance. My data isn't conclusive, but I have to draw a conclusion to write this paper. Or finally, the data is conclusive, which likely means it sort of leads you to believe that what I'm saying might be so. Believers should not have their faith shaken by the unfounded guesses of biased atheistic scientists who are bent on disproving the Bible. The fact is this, no verified scientific discovery has ever contradicted what is taught in the word of God. Actually, scientific discoveries have always tended to confirm rather than disprove the things that are taught in the scriptures. We should remember the words that Paul wrote to Timothy, quote, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, sometimes translated knowledge, falsely so-called. First Timothy six, verse 20. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it.
2: My name is Roger Tones, and me and my wife love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study on Thursday nights. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3, 17. Now, back to the program.
1: We're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. As we mentioned earlier, find out more about us at thevirtualbiblestudy.com and contact us anytime. Or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Talking about understanding the Bible and asking if we can understand it alike.
0: I got a couple of um, messages in Facebook. All right, from the Facebook crowd tonight. From Lily. Lily. She sent in two comments. uh, Acts 2, Matthew 7. Wait a minute, I think I need to read these in the opposite order. Uh, God wants you to do his will and be immersed to wash away our sins. That's really all he will accept. God adds us to his church as he can see our heart matthew seven that 's uh, in uh, Matthew seven tells us that not all are going to go to heaven and why second yep. uh, Timothy four will tell us why people aren 't going to make it, please read if you 're not sure. She suggests a book that that i 've read, and uh, a lot of people recommend Muscle and Shovel by Michael shank, and she says that 'll help you know what you need to do that is a, that is a book that will teach you god 's plan of salvation. Uh, I don't think we've ever really mentioned it on the Virtual Bible Study, but it's been quite a popular book. And uh, it sort of uh, is the story of a fellow who was seeking and found uh, the way of salvation. And it, it, you may like to read it. I'm not promoting it at all, but it, it, it would give you some information. If you are uncertain about what a person ought to do to be saved, uh, I would recommend first the Bible. Yeah. Uh but that book might be helpful
1: as it just an aid. Okay. Well thank you for those comments tonight, Lily, and thank you for listening. If you have other comments you'd like to share in the chat room tonight, we want to hear from you. Uh sign in with and comment with other listeners there tonight. Can we understand the Bible like before the break we asked the question Is it possible for two individuals to truly understand the Bible and yet have different answers to basic doctrinal questions? Now That's a puzzling question for many. It's not really for Kyle. I was so exaggerating there when you said you had piqued his interest. Kyle, I think, knows the answer to that question. But uh, a lot of folks struggle with that, but they don't struggle with it in other areas.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, when I go to the store and I go up to the cash register and I pay the gal my money uh, and I expect some change back from her, uh, I gave her a, a $20 bill for a $10 Purchase. I'm expecting $10 back in change. She gives me five back. I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. I gave you 20. She said, I know. I said, but you just gave me five back in change and you owe me 10. No, that's not the way I see it. She said, I don't understand it like that. Yeah. I understand that 20 minus 10 is five. Yeah. No, no, no. Twenty minus ten is ten. No, she says it's five. Yeah. Nice. No, I, well, we're just going to have to understand it differently. Yeah. Right. No, actually, somebody's not understanding. The old point has been made, has been stressed over and over again. Uh, I don't know how many times, uh, growing up, I would hear preachers say, "If there's a, if there's a difference of understanding, then t- there's there's three things possible." One is you're right and I'm wrong. One is I'm right and you're wrong. Or thirdly, maybe we're both wrong. But we cannot both be right if we have a different answer to the same question. There you go. Now, Kyle, you're in the
1: medical field, and um, the doctors have certain orders or will for their patients and that you're expected to carry out and uh, there's not a lot of room for uh, differing understandings there and opinions you're expected to understand the orders and to comply
2: oh, of course especially a- if a doctor has written an order which i'll admit sometimes the handwriting can be a little bit delightful <laughs> but thing is the doctors uh, we can't add to or take away from the order that's been written it's ex- it's actually a God has a prescription. It's it's uh, it's His word, but it's a it's actually a good analogy. I guess it's you a, can't add to or take away from the order that's been written.
1: So. In your job, it's a physical life and death that situation, and in, in the religious matters, it's a spiritual one. We believe.
0: Yeah, and just like Kyle, you wouldn't be allowed to say, you know, so so two of you, there there you are at your station, and you've got this order from the doctor, and two of you read the order, but you you, Kyle says, I got it, I know what to do, and the other this other person says. I understand it too, and they take off and do two exactly different things to the same patient based upon the same order. That that would be ridiculous, and not, and, and and somebody going to lose their job over that and might get a malpractice suit as well. You can't do that, but I don't understand why it is when, in religion that people imagine that that's okay. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we will look forward to hearing from you in the remainder
1: of the program tonight.
0: Uh, We've got another message. I, I, I just saw this. This came in a little bit, uh, a little bit ago. Uh, Leonard on Facebook says, hey Water does not cleanse us of sin. We are cleansed by his blood and by his word. Water immersion signifies our partaking of death to the old man and newness of life through his resurrection. Okay. Uh, I don't know. We'd be glad to engage you about that, Leonard. I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Uh, we don't think that water cleanses us of sin. We believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses us of sin. That's certainly true. Uh, but water immersion is necessary to access the blood. The expression water immersion signifies our partaking of death. Uh, now, water baptism is how we are baptized, how, how we are Accessing the blood of Christ in Romans chapter 6, and really our lesson tonight, our, our purpose of our study is not exactly about that, but it's a great question. But in Romans 6 verse 4, Paul says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We don't, we don't walk in newness of life till we come up from the waters of baptism. The previous verse, Romans 6 verse 3 says, uh we were baptized into his death. And so uh might have a little bit of difference there. Uh but if that's if that is the case, then that would just serve to illustrate the point that we're trying to make in our study tonight is that the people differ on crucial, vital, essential biblical doctrines. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a, a very sad and troubling thing thank you
1: linda for your comments tonight and uh we would uh, like to hear from you some more if you would like to uh to talk some more about those uh those issues um and uh you might check the archives we've talked about things like this in the past uh on the subject of can we understand the bible alike though we've laid some fairly um important groundwork here so far that we can understand the Bible, that the Bible teaches us we can, that people have throughout time understood the, the Bible and the will of God for them, and that God expects us to do the and, same. And,
0: and and when we say understand, we mean to understand it alike. Because really, that's what the word means. If if you understand it and I understand it, then we have the same understanding. Yeah. You uh, it, As we said, in other fields, it wouldn't be possible for one to understand it one way and another to understand it a different way. Somebody's misunderstanding if there's a difference. If we understand, if we truly understand, we understand alike. To say that we can't do that, again, I would argue that it indicts God as being either unwilling or unable to produce a a, a document that we can comprehend. Uh, But 2 Timothy 3, verse Verses sixteen and seventeen. I think you read this earlier, Jacob. But yeah, notice it, it speaks about in the uh, the scriptures are given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, of righteous, that the man of God may be perfect, uh thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The word perfect there means complete, uh full. You can you can know and be everything you need to be by the word of God. Second Peter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that called us to glory and virtue. So again, if we understand it, we understand it alike. That's just an absolute necessity and to suggest that that understanding can... Can lead to different conclusions. You you conclude one way, I conclude another, but we're both understanding is just wrong. All
1: right, to the mailbag, Kent in Georgia says, no, it's not possible for two individuals to truly understand the Bible, and yet have different answers for basic doctrinal questions. He says an emphatic no. First Corinthians one verse ten. Such does not necessarily mean that all doctrinal differences result in deliberate rejection of the truth. In some cases it does. However, in other cases, individuals have not taken the time to think through the consequences of their views. There are some who accept the necessity of being governed by the New Testament of Christ and even accept the necessity of the authority principle. However, they become guilty of error in not correctly applying the authority principle, even though they accept the principle of such. We need to... We do need to remember that all accountable individuals have the responsibility not only to learn God's truth, but also to correctly apply such in our lives. This is the only way to be acceptable to him. I appreciate that. Ken, I think it goes along with Stephen's comments in the chat room earlier that this is going to require study. But if we had a message from the President of the United States, we would read it carefully and study what he wanted to say to us. Why would we not take time to read and understand God's will, the creator of this world, the almighty God who has sent us
0: instructions, and we should then want to read them and understand them. Um, uh, Jim from Kentucky says, no, it's not possible to understand uh, differently. The question was, is it possible for two, two individuals to truly understand the Bible and yet have different answers to basic doctrinal questions? Jim says, no, that's not possible. If one truly understands God's will It's impossible to have two different answers with respect to basic Bible doctrine. Now he goes on to say, unless one is speaking about something which deals with a matter of liberty, where more than one authorized God in fulfilling His will, such as should one be baptized in a pool, a river, an ocean, a bathtub, and so forth, as long as one is fully immersed, then there, uh, then where the water is is a matter of liberty. I would agree. And I think that throws some people off. In fact, just uh, just last evening in a Bible class, a, a young man said, "Well, what if we disagree about uh, some of the songs in the song book? You know, um, some people think that a song is not good. Maybe we shouldn't sing it. Maybe it's not scriptural in content. What if we disagree over that?" <clears throat> and so I, I think that he indicated you know, that's sort of a troubling thing. We're not, you're not united uh, in agreement about. I said, well, first of all, remember that all of the songs in in any hymnal are written by uninspired men. There are no inspired songs. Uh, And so if... uh, And there are clearly some songs that are unscriptural in content that should not be sung. And there are others where someone has a conscience that maybe they can't sing that. uh, They just can't make a clear meaning of it or get, get, get their head around a scriptural application of the words that are in it. So just... Uh, in an effort to honor one another's conscience, we just don't sing that song. But that's just, those are matters of judgment, matters of personal liberty. Uh, and we can accommodate one another in those. Um, and, but we're not, but those are not the, the, the basic doctrines uh, of the scripture. There, there there are things that are essential doctrine. There are other matters of judgment and experience of that. But we, we got to make sure that we're putting everything in the proper yeah. cubby
1: cubbyhole i mean yeah so for instance maybe uh we all uh agree that the that we should uh uh you know be reverent towards god and uh maybe i view that song as well that song is not reverent to god the way the wording there is but you say oh that's it's reverent it's nothing wrong with that Th- those are that's differences in judgment we're all under, we all understand that the, the god's will is we need to uh revere him yeah we're not disagreeing on that yeah. we we're disagreeing on uh some judgment there about uh, maybe about a
0: song yeah, uh, or maybe about the kind of clothes we wear to church on Sunday. You know, I, I, feel, I feel good, good in a, a coat and a tie. Uh, other people don't feel like the coat's necessary. Some people don't feel like the tie is necessary. Well, we can talk about that, but it boils down ultimately to a matter of judgment. As long as we're dressing modestly, it boils down to a question of judgment but uh, somebody
1: said, "Well, I, don't, I feel better worshiping God if I don't have any clothes on." Well, we don't have then, differ, uh, trouble
0: understanding what God's will is on that. Then we've got a whole different question, of, yeah. and, and that becomes a basic truth of the Scripture that yeah. we're to be modest and shamefaced and avoid nakedness. Right. In fact, I thought that's, that's interesting. You brought that up. Dwight in Iowa mentioned uh, he says two big different viewpoints from God's Word are on discipline. I take it to mean church discipline yeah. and modesty. Uh, well there is some judgment i would have to say there is some judgment in the matter of modesty uh, but there are also some absolutes and i think that's what what people are uh we've talked about that even recently on the virtual bible study there are some absolutes to modesty that we've got to honor uh but it, it is troubling when there are differences like that but 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 again and that that challenges us somewhat to discern areas of judgment like jim said uh, matters of liberty where more than one authorized way is acceptable to God. There is some of that, and we've got to be able to make that determination that, that, a, that a, a matter feels, fits in that category uh, n- and not in the category of basic truth that cannot be differ, differed All right. on. All right, Stephen, who's in the chat room, has sent in
1: this comment via email. He says, in the early church, Justin the Martyr, who wrote uh, Trifo, the Jew, about the thousand-year reign of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. He states, I am not so miserable a fellow, Trifo, as to say one thing and think another. I admitted to you formally that I and many others are of this opinion and believe that such will take place as you assuredly are aware. But on the other hand, I signified to you that many who belong to the pure and pious faith are and our true Christians think otherwise. This is but one example of different positions that have been practiced. I myself try to rebut what I consider false teaching, but I always fall back to one primary immutable truth over our differences. When Jesus said, he that believeth and has been baptized shall be saved. He did not add and believe certain doctrines correctly shall be saved. I know that Paul said that there should be no division between us in first Corinthians chapter uh, one, one of your lists, did not include
0: brainwashed. Uh, okay, well that's, that, so that's that goes to the last question. Let's talk about that. Now, now what what Stephen has suggested in his email is that that there's some co- some core principles but that not all doctrinal things are essential. Well, you believe and be baptized,
1: and you'll be saved, and, and it doesn't really matter beyond, beyond that, that. I don't that, think
0: Stephen really meant it that
1: way, but I, but it could be interpreted that way, and many people do believe that, well, it doesn't really matter. You get into all these little details, it doesn't really matter.
0: Well, uh, I think it does. And again, this calls upon us to be discerning, uh, discerning between matters of judgment and matters of doctrine. But notice in 2 John just a one-chapter book, Second John, verse 9, "...whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds." Uh, so John said doctrine is essential. There is the doctrine of Christ. Yeah. And then... Uh, Jesus condemned in Matthew 15, verse 9, Jesus condemned those who worship in vain, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And so there's the doctrines of men, there's the doctrine of Christ. Uh, What would be included in that? Is it just baptism for the remission of sins?
1: What about 1 Corinthians 6? Do you not know that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators are going to inherit the kingdom of God. So, do I need to believe and be baptized and understand the doctrine about fornication? Is that important? Well, Paul says it is. Yeah. What about uh, idolaters? Can I worship idols if I've been baptized? Where are you going to draw the line? What, what are doctrinal issues that we say? Well, you, oh, you got to do that. That uh, fornication thing. You got to be right down the line on that. Uh, oh, and it's thieves. Yeah, you can't be a thief, and, and that you need to understand the doctrine on thievery. But other things aren't important. Where's the list? How do I determine what's important and what's not?
0: Well, even even to uh, and maybe even something that to us would seem, or at least to a lot of people would seem, maybe in that unessential category, in the Book of Galatians, Paul dealt with people who were trying to force circumcision on Gentile converts, and he is very specific there. in in Galatians uh, chapter five verse twelve, I wish that they were even cut off, which trouble you. These false teachers who were troubling them on the subject of circumcision, which to some people, oh, well, that's not a, that's not an essential Bible doctrine. Well, it was Paul, and he said Do you, they're troubling the brethren. I wish they were cut off. So uh, we got to be careful about trying to to make this this uh, core doctrine of Christ so so small. It it, it, it we we have to it has to be large enough to incorporate everything that the scriptures and
1: again as you mentioned earlier we got to be careful about discerning between judgment and doctrine and there are certain areas of judgment or as uh as jim put it at liberties that we certainly that are at liberty to have different understandings of but as far as the doctrines uh and what the, the will of god is uh, then there is no room uh for disagreement if we're going to understand it we will understand it like we need to get a break and when we get back we'll take your comments Stephen says do we split when there are differences of doctrine where is the cutoff
0: yeah we do we do there are differences of doctrine that will lead to division it's 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 because if people are not going to hold to the pure doctrine of christ then we can't be in fellowship uh ephesians chapter uh uh what am i thinking of uh Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. We can't fellowship those who teach false doctrine. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's get a break and we'll get back. And Stephen will take
1: your comments if you want to send them in during the chat room uh, during the break. We'll get your thoughts and go to the top of the hour right after this. The virtual Bible study will continue after these messages. Are you listening?
2: There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this.
4: I'm Larry Raspberry, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a question for you. Do you believe in parachutes? I suppose you do. You believe they exist, but that's not what I mean. There's a difference between believing something or someone exists and putting your confidence in it or him. One who has seen a parachute knows they exist but has never put his confidence in one. Trying one on while standing on the ground isn't faith either. Going up in a plane intending to jump out with a parachute on is not faith in the parachute either. Opening the door at the moment of truth and gazing outside to the ground is not faith either. It is only when one jumps out the door, counts to ten, and pulls the ripcord that he has actually put his faith in the parachute. Many of you believe parachutes exist, but only a few have actually put your faith in one. Many people in the world say they believe God exists, but only a few put their faith in him for salvation by doing what he says. We'd love to help you in developing a saving faith in God. If we can be of assistance, please contact us. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. And thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. We're tracking the trends
0: on the Virtual Bible Study. A recent Pew Research survey found that most Americans who attend religious services weekly are worried 76% about a personal health crisis. But Americans with low levels of religious commitment, measured by weekly church attendance, daily prayer, and so forth, are even more likely to worry about their health 85%. That information is via Christianity today. The Word of God says in 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come.
2: Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com.
1: There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Wait a minute now. We've already had the messages there, buddy. We're back. Yeah. yeah. Get, <laughs> well, we're we're get our announcer there. There. to get his act yeah, together. Yeah, that's right. All right. So we're talking about differences in understanding the Bible. Can we understand the Bible alike? And do we believe that we can. Uh, Stephen references Revelation 12, verse 11. They overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, faith and baptism, he says. Well, again, Stephen, where are we going to draw the line? Um, because Paul draws some pretty hard lines there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, and we talked about circumcision. Do we need to agree about
0: that? Where do we draw those lines? It's a, uh, a question that we have to answer. All right. All right, let's go real quickly. We're going to run out of time here. But it's such, I think it's a really important topic for discussion. But let's talk about some of the we, – we just got a few minutes. So just quickly, some of the things that cause people to have uh, these divided opinions and their differing understandings. One is prejudiced. Uh, in other words, it's, it, I, I've got my mind made up, and I've, I've already decided. I've prejudged. I'm prejudiced. Jesus said in Matthew thirteen fifteen, this people's heart is waxed gross, their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So prejudice is a problem. Sure. Uh, refusal to submit to God. In other words, God's truth is plain. It's out there. Uh, but some people just won't accept it. Uh uh, no, excuse me. I'm, I'm missing. I have another scripture. I thought I had another scripture yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Refusal to submit. but we, we know that submitting to God. Uh, yeah, I think. It's, what what uh, verse am I thinking of? First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Uh, that, that would be one place that tells us the necessity of submitting. Jude, verse
1: 8, likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and
0: speak evil of dignitaries. Yeah. Yeah. So the refusal to submit to God. Uh, um, we know in the time of Jesus that a lot of them wouldn't submit to what he was teaching because they were jealous of their positions. Uh, the Jews, uh, in, in the life of Paul, Acts 13, The Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, spake against those things that were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. So their jealousy kept them from accepting the truth. Uh, And then, of course, I think clearly a lack of study is Mm -hmm. going to cause people to do that. But we had some suggestions. Sure, lots of good suggestions. uh, Other suggestions. Uh, Stephen mentioned people being brainwashed. In my experience, he says that whoever gets the first option in teaching the young establishes what they believe and how they see the scriptures. This is why Jesus refers to us humans as sheep. Any one sheep simply follows the sheep directly in front of him. I think that's right. And that's why it's so important for us to have open minds. We We can't afford to be brainwashed.
1: Jim in Kentucky says deep religious differences do exist because men are being led by the flesh and not the spirit. He says prejudice is a factor. He says it exists because men want to do it their way and not God's, or they want to honor their ancestors and not God. They refuse to believe that their religious group could be wrong, so prejudice. He also says men refuse to submit to God's will because they feel comfortable following what is popular or thinking that God will not punish the majority, but they're ignorant of God's will. He says consider Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, broad and narrow ways. I uh, need to consider that uh, the the Broadway with many will be the one that leads to destruction. He says jealousy deals with envy, and sometimes men refuse God's will because it means that they must deny themselves and agree to another. That is, Jesus, those in positions of authority or power, refuse to give up those positions and humbly submit to God. Uh, on the line of ignorance, he says, ignorance has always been the downfall of those who seek to be seen as faithful. Yet without studying God's word, Hosea 4, verse 6, Growing up Catholic, I was taught to stay away from studying the Bible and just rely upon the knowledge of the priest. When I learned God's word, I saw the priest and Catholic doctrine was wrong. If I had not studied God's word for myself, I might not have ever learned the truth. And he references John eight thirty two, a popular passage tonight. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And he says, Other reasons men don't understand God's word... They refuse to consider any viewpoint that is different from their own. Some may know and understand but refuse to obey because that would mean considering or condemning those they love and they cannot do that. Thank you Jim for those comments.
0: I think that's a big one. I've run into that a lot of times. If if I accept this if I admit that what I was understanding was wrong and this is the right understanding of this biblical truth, if I if I accept that, I'll be condemning my dear loved ones, my dear old grandma who's departed and yeah. so forth. That, that, that is a big hindrance to a lot
1: of people. Jim's had to do that, make that yeah. uh, choice, as he mentioned in his email. He's had to change
0: what his fam- from what his family has taught him. Yeah. Uh, Kent has some good points. Religious prejudice, he says, is indeed a chief culprit. Some have, uh, have prejudiced certain things to be right and wrong without ascertaining what the real truth is. Some are just out-and-out rebels to the truth and and knowingly refuse to obey. Some individuals, through pride, jealousy, perhaps both, with regards to other individuals, keep them from proper acceptance and obedience to truth. Some simply do not study the Scriptures enough to learn God's truth. And some, in spite of their intelligence, sincerity, and good intent, have not learned how to reason correctly from the Scriptures and thus do not understand God's divine revelation of truth. You know, I think that's a big problem. People just don't use common sense. Uh, and, and they refuse to be reasonable and use their rational thinking powers. And I th- I, I believe that God really expects us to do that. And uh, some people just not willing to engage the word of God at that level. All right.
1: We are uh, up against the clock. Uh, Stephen says, we can't even agree on how we're led by the spirit, either by personal indwelling or through the word. Um, well, just because we don't agree doesn't mean that there isn't an absolute truth there and that we couldn't agree if we
0: understood the scriptures again if we disagree on a uh, on something the bible teaches then either i'm wrong and you're right or you're wrong and i'm right or we're both wrong
1: but we yeah. both can't be right all right thanks uh, Stephen, for your comments tonight thanks for all the listeners who commented uh a good discussion tonight and an important discussion kyle any uh, final thoughts over there
2: no that was a good study i think it's uh really needed i think we need to be, always be talking about these kind of things especially you know uh, we need to be and we need to be unified in our way of understanding the bible god didn't mean us to be different and
1: uh, to have different opinions that we need to be like-minded that's, the, that's so. what jesus prayed for uh, because it was so important uh, as an identifier uh that uh, we are unified yeah okay oh, nice. dad Thank thanks for you. the time tonight thanks jacob and kyle can you understand that can we understand the clock alike is, is are we out of time We are um,
2: exactly almost
1: out of time. Out of time. All right, we're going to get out of here, and we hope that uh, you will make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
2: Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9:30 and on Sunday evenings at six o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at seven o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast, or would like more information about the college,